Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Just walk with your Like a lesson learned Walking out from the cave Now in the light Respectful of all these words I Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I'm your host. Today is January 7th, and 2013. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Block Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. And I am really, really happy to have on as my host, uh, my host, my guest tonight is Michael Walsh, Malsh, Michael Walsh, who is the president of Life Ring, and I have been wanting to have him on since I started my show and found out about Life Ring. There was a lot of talk about Life Ring on the Stinkin' Thinkin' site when I discovered it back in, I think it was 2009. So I think this is Michael right here, and I am going to bring him on right now. Let's see. Hello, is this Michael Walsh? Hello, Monica. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Can I just clarify uh, something for your listeners tonight? Um, I am the executive director of Life Ring in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just to make that distinction in case some folks from the U.S. are, are listening, where there is a Life Ring operation um, that is based in Oakland, California. So there's a sort of 
similar organizations, but one is run in Canada and one is run in the USA, and I am in Canada, in Victoria, B.C. Oh, okay. And uh, in Oakland, are you guys connected? We are. We are connected, yep. Yeah, we just uh, we have separate operations just due to um, us being a charitable organization in Canada and them in the U.S. as well. So we we keep that side of things separate. Yeah, that but would the make philosophies, sense. Philosophies are are similar. Yes. Who's the executive director in the United States? The executive director is Robert Stump. S T U M P. Oh, okay. So maybe I'll I'll talk to him too. But anyway, we've been. Playing, uh, you know, voicemail and not voicemail, but mostly email. And anyway, we're here, and I'm mm-hmm. really happy to have you on because you were the one of the first uh, chat rooms or places that one of the bloggers, Gunther, told me about LifeRing when I was completely clueless that there were other alternatives. So right. I, I'm very, very excited to have you on. Uh, I saw your video uh, where you talked for. I don't know, it's a good hour, 45 minutes, that I didn't find boring at all about uh, just the history of, uh, you know, the disease model and such. And it was really, really good. I really liked that talk that you gave. Thank you. And I just, again, I want to make just a, I need to make a clarification on that. That was our counterpart, Marty Nicholas, who, <laughs> that's getting okay. everybody wrong. Yeah, I just want to make that distinction uh, in case there are some listeners in the U.S. Uh, Marty Nicholas is one of the co-founders of LifeRing uh, oh. out of the USA, LifeRing Secular Recovery. And that video um, is probably his. Um, it is on our website here in Canada. But um, that was him giving that talk. I believe it's the one that he gave here in Victoria, B.C. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so I'm still learning all about all of these. And, I mean, I interviewed, like, the heads of SMART and stuff before I really knew what SMART stood for. But I didn't care. I just felt like it was important to sort of get out there and promote some of these things. So let's start with maybe... Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about with maybe one of the first questions that we had talked about was, um, can you tell us about the core philosophies of LifeRing? Certainly, certainly. So um, maybe just just to give you a little historical information of how I got to uh, be part of LifeRing was I have been I've been personally clean and sober for just about nine years now, and I. I started uh, the recovery process about 11 years ago, and through my travels and the different treatment modalities that I used, including detox and residential treatment centers and community-based self-help support groups, mm-hmm. um, as time went on, I found that I was I was needing something different, right. and there was a point in my recovery where I stopped going to meetings for a couple of years. I was still clean and sober, but I was desperately looking for a support group that was fitting with my core beliefs and backgrounds and and all that kind of stuff. And I started to do some research online, and LifeRing was one of the organizations that came up at the top of my search. And I followed it for a little while and then took the plunge to bring the first meeting here to Victoria in 2008. Mm, How long has life been Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll ask you no, another go, question. Go ahead. ahead. Um, how go long ahead. has life been been around? Well, LifeRing itself has been around as a as a an organization for almost twelve years now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, started started in in the United States. In Canada, 
it has been around for almost as long, mm-hmm. um, except it just didn't gain any traction in the places that it was, and there wasn't um, anyone uh, that, I guess, was, was willing to sort of take the reins and really see the value of Life Ring and how the possibilities of it working in, in literally every, you know, city in Canada. So Right, right. That's what I saw within the organization when I first, you know, I started the first group in January 2008, and now we're at we're at 16 groups, which is still not near enough, uh, just in our location in in Victoria. Mm-hmm. But I did see the value probably about a year and a half in, and I thought, you know what, we're kind of onto something here. So I developed um, a board of directors and an advisory board, and sort of got that organized. But we kind of got off track there. Uh, the core. But, but I think you it's all people, important. Yeah, it's good anyway. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I guess just to, to let people know that we we are you know a a nonprofit or a, a federal a federal charitable organization, and we do have a board of directors, and we do have professionals that are on the board, and and there is a a strategic plan of growth for us, which includes a number of different things, which we'll probably talk about within this hour. Right. Um, so we are well-organized, and the plan is to one day hopefully have LifeRing meetings in every major city across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The core philosophies of LifeRing in uh, Canada, uh, first of all, what we do is we provide access for women and men to community-based mutual self-help support groups for those with problematic substance use, and that can be alcohol or drugs. We support people in all stages of recovery. Uh, We emphasize that there is no um, single uh, treatment uh, for everyone. So there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to treating people with substance, uh, problematic substance use. Mm -hmm. We emphasize personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. We emphasize individualized recovery plans. We emphasize self-empowerment. And we also emphasize existentialism or we sort of we want people to think about you know i guess meaning and purpose in their lives and lots of people come to life ring or any support group or or recovery itself kind of devoid of any type of direction or meaning and purpose in their life so this is an element that we um we i guess periodically bring up in our support groups but we also i guess um we also adhere to principles and practices founded on evolving research, and we are going to talk a little bit about the research piece that we've done here in Canada a bit later. Oh, good. We have done a very good job about um, building relationships with healthcare professionals, educators, and community partners. Mm. And one of the things that I wanted to do for our organization here in Canada very early on was to build bridges and develop uh, collaborations and relationships with academics and healthcare professionals. Mm, that's um, pretty important. Really, really, really important to me yes, uh, yes. to to engage them very early on and, and let them know who we are, what we're doing, uh, the type of people that we can help. That we're not, you know, the only answer to to helping their clients, and that we just we work, um, you know, we harmonize well with all support groups, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we've done we've done a very good job about building those relationships. There's still a lot of work to go. Go. There's lots of barriers to break down. There's still, I think, some people, um, you know, they're just curious about about I guess 
new support groups or different support groups that maybe they're not used to, but once they get to know us and see how we're actually helping their clients, um, they you know they eventually come on board. Are Are you aware that there is a huge movement of people looking for it, and the the, the movement on the blogs have really grown in the past three years of many people looking for alternative to twelve step. And so this was I, do. I I really wanted to go to Life Ring um when I was leaving AA and I couldn't find a meeting close to me. But um you know we can talk I just it sounds so good already. I had been trying to promote uh in just a simple way uh you know that there were these other modalities and found them to be so refreshing and was really into the empowerment uh, aspect of it. So, well, it's good. So this is, uh, you know, maybe I can interview the person here in the United States as well um, after, because that's what I'm going to do as of the new year. Um, I was taking a a little bit of a break for some health issues that I had and then uh, making a documentary, but I I feel like I kind of want to have people like yourself uh, on every week, you know, may, at least for the next four months, you know, really get kind of not hammering, but in a way really pushing it because I do think that some of the stars, because I am in Hollywood, I am in the community here in L.A., have died because they don't know these other choices exist as a way to get help for alcohol and drug overuse, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I and I and I agree with you, and I'm I'm glad that you're you know that you're willing to to do that. Um, I I also think it's it's um, you know it uh, it's dependent upon the the healthcare professionals, the people yeah. on the front lines, the yeah. you know the the the, uh, the MDs, uh, the general practitioners, uh, that kind of stuff. We, you know, we have to do we have to do a, a better job at um, at educating them on. You know what's available to them, right? And and in all fairness, you know there's no possible way that these people can know about absolutely everything unless we have the opportunity to get in front of them. And I think that I think again, sort of going back to the the one size fits all philosophy, and you just can't slot everyone into one you know circle or square, right? We really have to consider the individual and and really listen to what they're telling us and listen to you know what doesn't work and what does work for them and it's that individualized recovery plan i mean research is very clear that that works the best so we need to figure out even it doesn't matter if people are going what support groups they're going to whether it's publicly funded whether it's um, community-based support groups um you know, and and not just about going to support groups, but about getting back to living, right? Getting yeah, back right. to your hobby, getting back right. to your sports, getting back to your music, getting back to your volunteering, mm-hmm, and really mm-hmm. sort of taking that full circle of, um, you know, just just uh, I guess enlightening people to 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 see that there's this whole world out there, and it doesn't. It's not all. There's a there's a time and place for immersing oneself, as you probably know, and your listeners. Most yeah. listeners know is to immerse yourself into that recovery culture, and then and then broaden things, right? Because we all learn as we go along, and we have different needs at different stages of our recovery. So that's um, right. Um, two and questions. Practitioners, yeah. uh-huh. Sorry, and practitioners to be open to the you know to 
just open to whatever treatment is available. It doesn't matter what it looks like and whatever is working for their clients because their clients are the experts. Mm-hmm. You know? um, something you said, too, uh, a bunch of stuff there that was so great, uh, and there were two questions that popped into my head. The first one being, so as, as far as a strategy, what are you doing now to get to those practic- practitioners? Have you made a pamphlet and then, you know, what have you done or are you doing yeah. Well, in Victoria, what we do is we do what's called in-service presentations, so kind of cold call, you know, practitioners. And I've I've worked in the field for five years, and I I know a lot of people in Victoria and parts of Vancouver Island. So in some ways, in some circles, it's easy for me to pick up the phone and just tap into someone I know and say, hey, we want to come and do an in-service presentation to you, whether it's a publicly funded agency or it's a non-profit agency or it's the, the local police departments or, like, mm-hmm. I'll talk to anyone at yeah. who they are. Right. So really just getting out and doing, you know, I'll tailor the presentation to them, whether it needs to be a quick one. If it's at the psych ward and social mm-hmm. workers are, you know, only have 10 minutes, I'll, I'll do a 10-minute presentation mm-hmm. or I'll do a 30-minute and 45-minute one. I'll do them up at the university. I'll do it at the college. I'll do it mm. for mm-hmm. basically anyone who will listen. Right. Oh, this is <laughs> um, good. Uh huh. Yeah, and and we do have a we do have a, a brochure called For Professionals, and it's sort of it's a kind of Reader's Digest version of you know what how we can help your clients um, you know really quick and. And then, of course, there's treatment facilities that uh, that need to know about us, and mm-hmm. you know, so we talk just talk about us being the the part of the aftercare treatment plan for their for their patients, and yeah. And then we have our website and you know social media, and uh, we we definitely our capacity is kind of limited as a nonprofit, and we rely on volunteers, right. Right. of which we have many. Right. Um, you know, so we we do the best we possibly can. <laughs> well, that's that's a lot. This is really great because it's uh, covering a lot of what we're talking about, trying to cover. And uh, one of my goals is I'm going to start a nonprofit. We're in the process of beginning to file for it, and uh, I wanted to make a pamphlet. Or not, I want. I'm going to a trifold where we're going to go give it to the, uh, the DUIs and the people who are uh, who get a, a drunk driving charge in Los Angeles so that they, when they open up the pamphlet, they're going to see the other uh, support choices. And now with the Internet, someone could uh, – you have chats, right? I, I mean, I know you do. So could you talk about your uh, accessibility to people, meetings, how many there are, uh, how you could chat with people? Sure, sure. Um, again, I, I hate to, to, to burst the bubble, but that the chat rooms are actually on the, the U.S. site. Oh, although, okay. Well, that's okay. I'm here in U.S. <laughs> yeah, although we're yeah. very close to, we're just beta testing some um, some chat applications for LifeRing Canada, which is mm-hmm. which is our website, and right. we I'm hoping in in the next two to four weeks we'll have our sort of very similar to what LifeRing.org has in the USA, where they have. Um, they have uh, multiple chat rooms, and they have weekly scheduled meetings, and they also use uh, a social media site called Ning. And so they have a lot of. Um, I was actually very surprised at the beginning when I got involved in 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 LifeRing how many people actually stayed clean and sober through chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, LifeRing isn't everywhere. Smart Recovery is not everywhere, and so right. people rely on the internet and chat rooms to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. stay clean and sober. I can see the value in it. 
I think that it's really changing. Um, I personally, you know, sat in rooms and meetings long before there was the internet, but I I see a shift because uh, I'm basically, you know, don't attend meetings anymore. I've gone to SMART and gone to SOS here so I can investigate themselves. I didn't want to refer anything that I didn't go to and see and like. And yeah. uh, but my experience is that you know we've had some of our blogs come and go, but there is a chat feature and there is this community of if we feel like we can trust each other, people call each other and give out an email, and you know there's been quite success, especially with the young people, of just chatting or listening to my radio show and uh, going to Smart or uh, go. I guess uh, but, you know before I go off on that though, I want to just be clear so that when I do promote it, so your website. So when I, you know, because I will contact the Life Ring in, in the United States, your website is called Life it's Ring. LifeRingCanada.org. LifeRingCanada.org. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So everybody listening, um, I am interviewing Michael Walsh, who is the executive director of Life Ring up in Canada. You're in Victoria, right? Yes. Now, yeah. um, this is the other, uh, you know, the treatment facilities. I, I just think this is fantastic. Uh, I did. I gave one talk at a PTA at a local high school, which uh, I think was really good. I bought some books. What are books? Do you have a book or a workbook? Um, there, there is a workbook that um, LifeRing USA has. It's a. It's called Recovery by Choice. Mm-hmm. It is a um, it's a 300 page workbook. I would classify it as self paced. Um, it runs through uh, 14 different modules of um, of the recovery process. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll touch on early recovery. It'll touch on uh, you know uh, feelings. It'll talk on your support people. It'll talk out, talk about your treatment history. It'll have relapse prevention plans um, built in throughout. And there's a there's a bunch of other really neat stuff and. There's a lot of worksheets uh, inside, and so people can work at it at their own pace. They can start anywhere in the book, depending on where they are in their own recovery process. And just sort of, it's very intuitive. It asks a lot of questions, and basically, uh, you fill in the blanks. And, yeah, so uh, I'm looking at it here. I'm on the lifering.org forward slash recovery by choice workbook. I was trying, it was such a busy day, I had to get a, an MRI this morning, and I could only do so much and uh but I was like I'm determined to interview you <laughs> and somebody from uh so this was looks living and enjoying life free of alcohol and drugs the workbook fourth edition by Martin Nicholas right is that the one okay now yeah, uh, yeah. uh well, the other thing that I have been finding um through personal experience with young people that I'm coming across I'm 55 is that a lot of them don't want to be absent for life. A lot of them uh, have only uh, misbehaving or what's the real word would be misusing, <laughs> overusing. Uh, right. And I don't believe they're chronic alcoholic or addicts at, at a young age. And so there's a right. lot of moderation interest with these uh, young people. So what's the attitude of life ring with that? Um, well, I guess uh, all I can say about that is that you know we 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 encourage people to build personalized recovery programs. We are an abstinence-based uh, organization. We mm-hmm. recognize recognize that people are going to be coming into LifeRing at various stages of their life, uh, of their 
of their you know substance uh, history of right. their recovery they may be coming from you know coming back from relapses and that kind of stuff right. um so we are abstinence based but we also recognize that obviously we have to work with people wherever they're at yeah. um i believe that i believe that is um is the right way to you know to approach this obviously if if someone is coming in and and sort of chronically relapsing and really disrupting the group process then um it's we're probably not the group for them mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah and i've you know it's interesting because um i've been to a lot of meetings and i've i've run a lot of meetings and i i'm constantly surprised by some people all of a sudden you know 6 months in they're like you know what i just kind of got that abstinence thing you know i've been i've been kind of thinking you know i've been doing They've been doing, you know, counseling, and maybe they've been at one of the one of the one of the treatment facilities, and they've kind of been on the fence, and they haven't been sure whether they really want to give it up totally. But then they come around our groups, and they see how other people are changing, like over mm-hmm. a period of time, mm-hmm. and they're kind of mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you know what? I really actually like that." Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Well, it's not. I mean, the group process is absolutely phenomenal, and so I can see how how some people can make those changes kind of midway. Um, but being abstinent from absolutely everything is, is the ultimate goal. That's our that's one of our core core philosophies that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that abstinence is, you know, is where we're at. I, I think that for many people uh, in the beginning and I mean like maybe a couple of years or whatever, especially if somebody's really hitting it hard, uh, you couldn't go wrong by uh, experiencing what that's like um uh yet i i feel dealing with uh, my own personal family which has made this all very personal to me that and another friend of mine who had long long time abstinence in another program that our children are not interested at all in the 12 step modality which threw me into this f- discovering of a whole world that i really feel like needs super, super promotion in our media and in entertainment because that's the way the news gets out there. Um, and so it it was not so much me but more uh, my children and my dear friend in Hawaii's child and other people where you hear these horror stories that they just look at that old literature and go, are you kidding me? But if you have a really good book or another program, but even then, I just want to read... Um, so again, if you've just tuned in, I am listening to, I mean, I'm talking to Michael Walsh, who is the executive director of Life Ring in Canada. And this is from a workbook, so I know I'm just going to say this because a lot of people look for stuff. There's people who are new. There are people who have had problems with other programs that haven't worked for them. This is called Recovery by Choice, and it's a workbook. And I'm just going to read the opening chapter presents a tool for making everyday decisions that reinforce recovery. The book then moves through nine big problem areas, which they call domains, where most people in recovery find that they have work to do. And they are my body, my exposure to addictive substances, my activities, my people, my feelings, my lifestyle, my history, my culture, and my treatment and support groups. And one of the things that I wanted to say out there to you bloggers and listeners that Michael was saying is that it's really a personalized... Uh, each person has their... Can you say it? You're going to say it better than me, what you just described about what's what's unique about or, uh, life ring. 
Yeah, well, I think that, um, I mean, we emphasize, first of all, we emphasize that uh, there is no one-size-fits-all in this. So I think mm-hmm. it's really, really important that um, if something doesn't work for someone, uh, to mm-hmm. try something else. Right. If that doesn't work, try something else as well, and, and not to feel bad or guilty about that. Mm-hmm. I think it, uh, we really encourage individualized recovery plans. Yeah. Um, That's what you're Self-empowerment. Yeah, and also, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a lot of uh, very astute people coming to LifeRing, and they, they, they're, um, you know, they, they read research. They like to see, you know, the research mechanism built into this. So they, there's, yeah. a, I think, a bit of a better buy-in when uh, people have seen that that people have been actually studied and the outcomes are positive and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I really, I, I thought we're going to get to that and talk about it, and I think we, you know, can certainly have you on again in, in a few months. Well, maybe rotate after three or four months, have some of the people back on, especially somebody like you, who I haven't interviewed before, where I have interviewed Tom Horvath or, you know, um, Jim Christopher from S. The, the different people who founded these other groups. And then there's some other people like Amy Lee Coy, who wrote a book, who's developing a workshop thing, and Hank Hayes, who wrote a book. You know, and it, I think that it adds to it all. And um, uh, Donna Cornett, who wrote Drink Link Moderation, who's a very. It's a really great book and really simple for someone who's not gotten into trouble yet, but is going, you know what, I'm just like drinking like too much wine every night. Like this is not working for me. But they're certainly not going to fit into an AA meeting when they go and and are certainly are not interested in abstinence. So it's, I mean, I've discovered so much, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's really... Uh, it's been fantastic for me as a person uh, to discover all this after years in that other program to feel like my brain had something to actually latch on to. Uh, and so with that, you, there's a lot for you to talk about here. So what's what's the next aspect of Life Ring that you want to talk about? Well, I think that, um, you know, you, you uh, one of the things that I wanted to throw in there was around, you know, the, the stigmatization of of, um, of this, you know, this world of uh, some people call it addiction, some people call it substance right. abuse and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, addicts, alcoholics. Um, you know, that's one of the things that we really stay away from is uh, we really try to keep the message very positive mm-hmm. and motivating and encourage people, um, you know, to move forward. So, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mind, one of the things that I, I wanted to throw in there is maybe just we can just touch on what a, a meeting looks like, a life ring meeting looks like. Oh, yeah, okay. Because the the beginning of the meeting, you know, we have a facilitator and the facilitators are um, are all uh, those people who have been personally impacted by uh, substance misuse and, of course, have gone through the recovery process and mm-hmm. they require mm-hmm. six months to a year sobriety. Um, and once we've assessed that, we put them through an orientation and we have a, a convener manual and a training program. And once we get them settled into the the facilitator role, or we call them conveners, the convener role, they start the group um, we have a convener guideline sheet, and they go through the motion. But the question, the very first question to start the meeting is, how was your week? Mm-hmm. And it's a really simple question, and everyone can answer it, and it kind of breaks the ice. It's, it's right. an easy kind of, well, you know, so how was my last few days or how was my last seven days? And so we go around the room, and we say our name, and we you know, we don't self-identify as being addict or alcoholic. It's just right. that. My, my right. name's Michael. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is how my last few days were, for example, and this is a real story, Monica. I was uh, I married a couple friends of mine back in September at a beautiful spot on the west coast of Vancouver Island. And after, uh, it was a non-traditional ceremony on the beach, and after the ceremony, you know, we went into the house and they had um, sort of the, the garage area was made into this, um, you know, this entertainment uh, spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was about 9 o'clock at night. Right. And I walked down the stairs and I walked into music and, and a bar atmosphere and I said to myself, you know what? I actually don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. So I would. that is one of the things that I said as how was my week, right? Mm. And people are talking about all sorts of things. They're talking about their right. relationship at home or maybe they're in a treatment facility or, you know, maybe they've been triggered that day by something mm. and they mm-hmm. felt like using and they're in, like, relapse mode, but they came to a meeting and they said, hey, you know what, like, I'm on kind of shaky ground here and I'm really looking for some support. Right. So, anyways, we do the check-in, we go around the room, everyone's got a voice if they want one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the convener will sort of set some light guidelines on how the meeting is going to work and, you know, talk about, um, you know, uh, um, uh, just just being respectful uh, and using I statements and no war stories and no drunkologues and that kind of stuff. And once mm-hmm. we've set that stage, then we open the meeting up to just kind of open dialogue back and forth. And mm. we've maybe taken some topics from the check-in and we throw them out there, but anyone is free to talk about whatever they want. Oh. And the beauty of this, this group is that um, everyone is coming with their own set of tools, right? Right. So we're all learning from each other, and, you know, someone says, oh, I did this, and then someone can say, oh, you know what, like, I can totally relate to that. This is what I did. There's no advice giving yeah. at all. It's just strictly sharing, and this is what mm-hmm. I did, and this is what I did, and and offering people support. There is a feedback piece that we, we gently throw out there. We just say, you know what, if you're looking for be- feedback on something, present it that way. If you want to offer someone feedback, please be respectful and just ask first and just say, hey, are you looking for some feedback on that? And it really, I mean, the environment is something that I haven't seen before, and it's an environment that I really thrive in. Mm. And Mm -hmm. we do keep it positive. As I said, we just want, you know, people feel good after uh, after going to a life ring meeting. They feel like, uh, you know, they've they've been there for an hour, hour and a quarter, and they've actually accomplished something. Well, it's nice... Um how do you deal with sexual harassment, which is one of the issues that I'm dealing seriously in the other uh, world that I'm dealing with? Um, do you have something you speak up? Do you have it in your policies and procedures already? Um, we don't have uh, – we have it for our conveners. You know, we mm-hmm. have policy and guideline around, um, you know, no relationships, uh, obviously as as someone who's in a sort of – you know, authoritative role, for lack of a better word. Someone who's running a support group right. cannot date or, you know, that kind of thing. Someone who's actually going to their meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never had an incident at any of our groups regarding that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I hope we never do, but if we do, of course, we'll be certainly take appropriate action right away. Um, I have found our groups to be very, um, I don't know, just, they're good groups to go to. There's, you know, I just, there's very little chaos and, and drama, you yeah. know, in our group. And right. that's the way I want it. 
Well, you know, yeah, it, it sounds it sounds good. We have a chatter who's asked a question. So I'd like to ask you this question that she's asking. Um sure. she says here, what is the long term dependency in quotes on life ring meetings? How long do you think uh, sorry, you know? Yeah, how long do I you didn't think understand the I didn't understand the question. Um, I'll reword it. Is she saying what sure. is the long term? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to reinterpret it for her and Amy, who's out there. It's Amy Nikoi asking it. Uh, it. When I went to Smart, they were like encouraged people. People would say, "Well, how long should I come?" And they were like, well, kind of as long as you want. seems like people come for about two years, and then, you know, we're encouraged to go on and live with your life. Um, right. You know what I mean now? What's I do, I do, I do. And, well, thank you, Amy, for uh, – is that the Amy Lee Coy calling? Yeah, it's Amy Lee Coy. Uh-huh. Lovely. Um, you know what? As um, I've, I've sort of pointed out, one of our core philosophies is individualized recovery programs, and I yeah. think it's up to the individual to decide what works and what doesn't work for them. Uh, we have some long-time people that have come to Life Ring meetings. Um, obviously, I've gone since the beginning, since I started it here in Victoria, but yeah. we do have some other folks that have been coming for that long as well. But then there's other people who, you know, maybe they come for six months or a year or two years and three years and you know, life goes on and maybe they need something different. Um, you know, who are we to say what uh, what they need? Um, I think it's entirely up to the individual to, they'll know if life is not working for them, or it is. And if it is, yeah. great. If it's not, then we always welcome people back, no matter what. Um, no, yeah, that's good, uh, without any judgment or stuff. Uh, how big is it? Like, how many meetings do you have in Canada and in the United States? Um, I to answer the United States one, I'm going to say about 140 in the U.S., mostly congregated around the uh, Northern California region. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for for where else they are in the U.S., but in Canada, we have um, we have 16 meetings here from Sydney, B.C., which is very close to Victoria, mm-hmm. and then just north of Victoria to Nanaimo. So. A small number, but one of the things that we've been doing a very, um, I guess, strategically is to really build the foundation of the organization um, before we actually grow the meeting base. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really important that we 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 set the structure for long-term growth across the country, and I think we're doing a really good job at that. We... Um, you know, we have a process in which to bring volunteers in and, of course, volunteer facilitators. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's just we're just doing things a bit strategically. But 16 meetings, anyways, people are telling me, my gosh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I'd yeah. certainly like to see more. And the the the, um, the response has been phenomenal, but the need is even greater so right now we're just working on bringing in new conveners so that we can start new groups up because we we do need new groups to get started. That's right. For sure. Have you taken out any like bench ads or uh, you know local transportation ads? We really we haven't, ones? but it it's it's sort of I think it's it's uh, it's the next thing that we're going to start looking at doing. Um, social media has been really helpful for us, and we will continue to do that. But I think. You know, one of the things we'll look at, obviously we're a nonprofit, so our, our resources are fairly limited. Um, but definitely, you know, uh, one of the things that we used was Google 
AdWords, and as a nonprofit organization, uh, we were accepted into their program where they give us so many, you know, thousand dollars, thousands of dollars a month to use on Google AdWords. And oh, really? I haven't, I haven't got it. I think once I formed the nonprofit, I took out one. Finally, I took a bench ad out at a really busy corner bus stop where the ten freeway. Do you know LA at all? Okay. Well, the 10 freeway, the 405 is kind of famous. But anyway, the 10 freeway crosses, you know, many states. I think it crosses across the country. I forget. But, uh, and it was a bus ad. And at first I was going to do it to promote just a smart recovery, like, you know, another recovery program. And then I, my husband suggested no for safe recovery, which is then if you, everybody comes here, they're going to hear you. They're going to hear, the next guy, they're going to hear all the different alternatives, all the different books they could read. And yep. um, so I had a tremendous amount of, you know, uh, people listening. It was kind of funny the first week that that ad was out there. And um, right. it wasn't as expensive as I thought. And, you know, we're kind of joking that we're going to have a bus ad and the goal would be to have one in every state in the country. and. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't have that kind of money either to do that, but I am going to form right. a nonprofit. So, but I do think that uh, there's some of us out there trying to formulate either, you know, some kind of a show. You know, there's all these other shows that promote, you know, the the mother of them all, and uh, I do believe that there's really good five alternatives and a couple of actually, there's more than that. If I if I list the moderation program from some things that are not free, you know what I mean, which would be Dr. Mark Hearn, who does moderation, and Drink Link Moderation with Donna Cornette, that's not free, right? right? Like you're a free support group. And so is yeah. SOS and Smart is, right? But it's kind of yeah. like there is such a need for it that if, you know, we uh, you know joke around with a group of us that there needs to be some kind of talk show where then all you guys can be on and, and come in. It's yeah, a great and, idea. Yeah, we were talking about it, and it, I, I do hope whether it's me or some of the other people that are out there get this created because, it, as you and I know, in our media, that's where we need to be. That's where the uh, – thank God for the Internet, though, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, social media is really important. Um, now, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Because you say that, you know, this was a personal thing for you. Um, were you a hard drinker? Did you drink heavily and, and that's why you felt the need to stop? I, I did, yeah. And I also used um I also used cocaine uh for it was kind of I w- it was periodic use of cocaine for me, but when I did use it, um it was it was pretty you know, pretty heavy use. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what kind of career uh, did you have at the time that you were? What kind of work did you do when you were drinking heavily like that? I, I was working for an internet technology company in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and did that get in the way of your work, or you were still able to work? No, it did. It did uh, actually. Be and before that, I I was um, I was uh, running a small fashion. Um, operation, I guess uh, you could call it, in Vancouver, and um, it was definitely getting in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, the 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 alcohol use was very, um, you know, prominent from about 19 years old until 35. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the, the drugs sort of played a role periodically, but when I used them, I spiraled right out of control. I just couldn't or wouldn't stop. I guess. Mm. That's a long time. Did you have any kind of physical repercussions from it? 
I didn't, you know. God, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh-huh. apparently look younger than I am, which is right. really nice. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm surprised, <laughs> honestly. I I uh, I work uh, I work in in sort of the publicly funded field of addiction here in Victoria, as well as running Life Ring. And you know, it's uh, I think everyone's different, right? We all have sort of different DNA, and it yeah. it definitely affects some people worse than others. And you know, I've seen some people the same age as me look 20 years older. Um, yeah, I know. Very it's true. That. Well, you're lucky. I wanted to really get a picture from you, and then we're just dealing with some of these uh, health stuff that I was dealing with. Normally, next time when I have you on, if you send me a bio with a picture and even like a logo, then when they people come sure. up to Blog Talk Radio on, and this is, I can I can add it. You can even send it to me later because I can add it into the show, and then people will, will listen to archival shows. And okay. people can okay. hear it free on iTunes. It's free to download. But it's nice to get a picture, you know, and that stuff. And I, I uh, personally, I just because of some stuff going on with me, I, I, I didn't do it this time. In the beginning, I didn't know how to do it. Now I know how to do it. So you mentioned scientific stuff. I would love uh, for anyone that's coming in and listening at this point, I'm talking to Michael Walsh, who is the executive director of Life Ring up in Canada. You're in Victoria and they do have a, a workbook that looks looks good. And uh, you had mentioned, and this is very very true of people who are, don't like twelve step program, is the scientific aspect. So could you talk about that and the research? Sure. Yeah. Um, so as I said earlier, one of the one of the important things that I wanted to do as an organization that was sort of just just getting started was to to bring uh, not only professionals on our board of directors, people who worked in the field of, of um, you know, addiction and substance misuse, but also to engage uh, academia. And one of the things that I did was I went up to the University of Victoria uh, into the Department of Psychology and uh, cold called them and, um, and said, you know, here's, uh, here's what I'm doing, here's what we have, here's what we are, this is what we're doing in Victoria. And one of the things that I would like to ask you is, um, first of all, would you be interested in, in, you know, studying some of the people that are coming to our groups? And, of course, they were all over it, and they were really, really excited about that, the, mm. the fact that we were you know, very transparent and really just wanted um, wanted to find out sort of who was attending our groups and, you know, through, you know, demographics and, you know, right. um, just finding out what people's backgrounds were as far as what brought them to you know, recovery and, and what makes them tick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I asked them to do was to to build a um, our facilitator training program, and if we have some time to talk about that after, uh, maybe we can touch on it. But talking about the research, one of the, the first studies ever uh, to be done on life ring participants in the world uh, was done right here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we surveyed 50 participants uh, this first time around, mm-hmm. and... Some of the results that I'm going to I'm going to um, uh, uh, tell you are not necessarily um, uh, how can I say this? I just want to make sure that that uh, these are results that um, for these 50 people they don't necessarily represent everyone who come to Life Ring. Okay? Right, right, in, right. In, in, in Victoria, right. But out of the 50 participants uh, that were surveyed. The age range was uh, from 21 years old to 77. It was an average age of age of 47. Mm-hmm. The gender uh, split was 72% male, 28% female. Yeah. The length of involvement with Life Ring was um, 
the range was less than one month to more than four years, mm-hmm. and the average was between six months and 11 months. Um, the number of life ring meetings attended per week ranged from once every few months to four to seven times per week, and the, the average was once every 10 days. Yeah. The outcomes um, were uh, that the longer and more active involvement with life ring meetings, i.e. attending meetings regularly, was associated with a number of benefits, including better mental health and less stress. Mm-hmm. A match between the participants' beliefs and life ring philosophy is an important factor in predicting attendance of life ring meetings. Mm-hmm. Motivation to reduce drinking, active participation in the life ring group, and mm-hmm. satisfaction with life ring were the only factors that predicted less alcohol use. Um, Slightly more than half of the participants report that there was a strong match between their beliefs and Lifering philosophy. Mm-hmm. This would suggest that Lifering has been successful in attracting individuals who feel that Lifering is a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. Approximately half of the participants feel that their needs are being met by Lifering, while the other half of the participants feel that at least some of their needs are being met by Lifering, but there is room for change and improvement. Right. And that piece for us, means that, and one of the reasons why I also wanted to engage in some research was to see how we can adjust our program and see, you know, what are the things that uh, we may not be doing well and, you know, what what other things can we do to enhance, you know, the group process or enhance, um, you know, for instance, our PALS program, which is our peer support uh, component of LifeRing, which I'm not sure if we have time to talk about it, but just thinking about the research piece this first uh Phase of the studies that we're doing, and we we're, we've been doing a bunch of face-to-face um, surveys as well, and those outcomes haven't come out yet. But this tells me that uh, LifeRing is working for a bunch of people and for a variety of reasons, and I feel really good about that. Right uh, now, you have uh, I'm sorry that I don't know this, but um, a degree. You're your you know, are you um, a life? I don't have a degree, actually. My my degree is in life. I am not I am not trained academically um, at all. Uh, I come to this field by per- literally by personal experience, and and that is all. Um, I've learned a lot in the last five years, um, not only with LifeRing, but the other work that I have, which is in the community with. Um, agencies that work with people that struggle with substance misuse and uh that's you know that's really where my my training comes from well i yeah. i think it's okay i mean my my yeah. whole thing that i'm doing here is coming out of love and passion i'm really a singer a songwriter and you know sort of a wannabe actor who's making her first documentary that is going to expose what i see bad about 12 but the other half of the film is going to be promoting all of you all of the other, you know, it's not going to be a whole film about that exposition or exposing. It's I really want to make sure that people walk out of that uh, theater going, Life Ring, Smart, SOS, Amy Lee Coy, Hank Hayes, Drink Link Moderation. Wow, you know what I mean? I'm not kidding. Like, they are going to hear it in the beginning that there's something else, you know, and as I'm talking to you, I'm like, well, I guess I have to interview somebody, whether it's you or um, somebody right. in the United States for Life Ring, 
But I do like it. It was one of the bloggers, Gunther 2000, who talked a lot about Life Ring in the beginning, and it was one of the first places I went into the chat room that really helped me as I left Alcoholics Anonymous uh, after many years in it and and just um, was... Uh, and I even like the, the wording you're using because that's the wording that I'm using now. It's always alcohol and drug overuse. I'm refusing to use a lot of words that put weight. I mean, there's, from, in my opinion now, as someone who went there at 18, wouldn't that no teenager should ever be labeled an addict or an alcoholic so young? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I have to be honest with you, Monica. One of the things that um, that I, I really steer away from is... Um, you know, we are life ring, right? And we, we have the ability to stand on our own two legs. And mm-hmm. we, um, I really stay away from sort of engaging in conversations that are uh, against other programs. I think that there, I think there's room for everyone. And um, I think it's, for me personally, um, I just think it's really important that, that uh, you know, we harmonize as well as we can um, together with everyone because... Um, I don't know. I just that, but that's just my personal view. I think that you know one of the things that I really, really encourage at the group level is that um, uh, you know that everyone has a different approach, and I, I, and we need to be open to you know just uh, respecting that people will um, uh, they 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 get their recovery how they how they get it, and uh, um, I can't judge anyone for you know how they how they do it. That's fine. You don't have to do it. I'll, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader here with this cause I'm on, and it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I paid my dues down that road, so it, don't worry. For sure. Um, a, a, um, a blogger here just wrote, um, I had heard some criticism of Life Ring in the past, but Michael's interview is making light of that. It, it, it's changing that. Life Ring sounds very good. Uh, and um, So I think that... Uh, um. Yeah, I think that's really good, and I, I really like a lot of the things you were saying. I, I liked what I saw. I'm, I'm going to get myself the workbook, obviously, so that I can, if if I find somebody and they say, because there are a couple of bloggers who've come on to my site and they're, you know, they'll try moderation and they're crashing and burning, and then we're like, well, here's this one, here's this one. You know what I mean? It's nice to have another program that maybe I understand more that I can say, oh, you might really like this one and this workbook, and sure. uh, and who knows, that person might be young enough in their recovery that they do want to start a meeting. For sure, for sure. Right. And I, and I, I, want, to, I want to just sort of, um, you know, uh, we do our, our groups in Victoria – I think are run a little bit differently than other groups outside of um, outside of Vancouver Island, I should say. So, I do want to just make sure that um, you know we just the way our the the process that we run our groups and and some of the uh, some of the philosophies that we use uh, within our groups here on Vancouver Island are a little bit different than than the other life ring groups. So I just need to sort of put that disclaimer out there that you mean different um, than if so. I mean I did like Vancouver. I, I was talking about coming back there. I went up there with my husband to just get away and rest, and we had such a nice time. If I came up there into the city of Vancouver, couldn't I attend a meeting of the kind you're talking about? Yeah, there's well, there's just the just the one meeting in Vancouver. Actually, it's been running for about ten years, and it's at the local Daytox 
uh, facility, which is a publicly funded uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just sort of putting out there that the the process in which we run our groups yeah. and the process in which in which the conveners are put through a training process and orientation and and all that kind of mm, stuff right. is, um, is is a lot different than the other groups. So um, in the United States, so what you're mean? hearing what mm-hmm. you're hearing from me may not necessarily be representative of of how other groups are run outside of Vancouver Island. That's all I'm. Well, it sounds good. It sounds like there's a lot of integrity. It sounds like a lot of something that um, I would like to promote. So when I do it, I'll put it on there as um life ring uh slash Canada and maybe after um we talk in an email because when I go I want to go to like I'm right now looking at lifering dot org mm-hmm. is your website is different? Yes, ours is liferingcanada.org, dot org and uh yeah uh, okay. it's quite a bit different Okay. All right, so I'll put it up. Uh, we are running out of time. I, I can't believe it. I, uh, would you like to be on again? Could I have you on again in a few I, months? Sure. Yeah, of course you can. I yeah. I think there's a there's a few things that we didn't didn't uh, get to touch on, but um, like what? Absolutely. Tell me now, so I can make a note. What were some of the things you wanted to touch on? Well, I wanted to touch on the the PALS program, uh, which is our peer support piece. Um, you know, I had a practicum student from the School of Social Work help me put that together, and um, it's gained some traction. We're making some adjustments to it, but it's a way for us to sort of build that life ring community, and so that people are, you know, walking the road of recovery together. It's been mm. a really interesting piece that we've implemented, and the PALS program. PALS stands for Peers Actively Lending Support. Mm. Um, it was really, it was just important for me to to try to figure out a way to engage people because I was finding sort of in the first year people were coming to life ring meetings but leaving just leaving and they would come back but there was sort of nothing help happening in the community for them yeah uh, so just trying to make that connection to people so that they're you know they're doing things um oh my god we're running out of time well, it's leaving I'm going to have you back on again okay. soon and we're going to talk about starting with that again again we're listening to Michael Walsh for the executive director for life ring in Canada and I'll post stuff up on my sites and my blogs so that everybody can uh, hear more. Again, thank you so much, Michael. And, you know, maybe like in two months, we'll have you back. Does that sound good? That sounds good, Monica. Thank you so much for your time, and thanks, uh, everyone, for listening and also for the people who emailed in their questions. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Sure. Okay. Thank you, okay. Monica. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.